Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're able to tune into this podcast during this Easter season. We've been offering these online services every week since the first lockdown began. Each act of worship combines archive recordings of our choir and congregational singing with newly recorded readings, intercessions and sermons. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text of how to do so. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. is risen. Please be seated. A very warm welcome to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the feast of St. Mark the Evangelist. 
Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The saints were faithful unto death, and now dwell in the heavenly kingdom for ever. As we celebrate their joy, let us bring to the Lord our sins and weaknesses and ask for his mercy. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the Gloria.
Almighty God, who enlightened your holy church through the inspired witness of your evangelist, St. Mark, grant that we, being firmly grounded in the truth of the gospel, may be faithful to its teaching both in word and deed. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is taken from Acts, chapter 15, beginning at the 35th verse. Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord, with many others also. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Come, let us return and visit the brethren in every city where we proclaimed the word of the Lord, and see how they are. And Barnabas wanted to take with them John, called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia, and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp contention, so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is taken from Ephesians, chapter 4, beginning at the 7th verse. Grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying, he ascended, what does it mean? but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended 
is he who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And his gifts were that some should be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the cunning of men, by their craftiness and deceitful wiles. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every joint with which it is supplied, when each part is working properly, makes bodily growth and upbuilds itself in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Jesus began to say to them, Take heed that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumours of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places, there will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. But take heed to yourselves, for they will deliver you up to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear testimony before them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you up, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver up brother to death, and the father his child, 
and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who, in, who endures to the end will be saved. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Of the four Gospels, that of St. Mark, whose feast day we commemorate today, is arguably the most challenging and demanding. Its message is stark, powerful, and austere. And the Jesus whom St. Mark portrays is a strange, uncompromising figure who continually overturns our expectations and our assumptions. It is also a gospel of immense passion, written by one who had been seized by the power of the gospel truth, a truth that its author knew from personal experience was life-transforming, a truth that had the power to save. And so he roots that truth firmly in the hard reality and complexity of human life. St. Mark is unafraid to look tragedy and suffering and meaninglessness squarely in the face as he proclaims the coming of the kingdom of God and God's power to liberate, to heal and to save. We can know very little with certainty about the author of St. Mark's Gospel, but it is undoubtedly the case that he was writing at a particularly difficult time for the emerging Christian community. The Christian faith was still very young and striving to establish its identity. Christians were a minority group facing hostility and often persecution. Sadly, they were also already divided amongst themselves over questions of doctrine and church order, just as Christians are today. And politically, the Roman Empire was in a period of considerable instability at the time. So St. Mark writes his gospel to inspire and affirm a community greatly in need of encouragement and hope in challenging times. And as he does so, the force of his personality and his conviction communicates itself as he sweeps us up and propels us along with the gospel message that he proclaims. This morning's gospel reading from St. Mark is a particularly difficult and pretty blood-curdling text. As we heard, it warns of false prophets. It presents us with apocalyptic imagery of battles, earthquakes, famines, and a disintegration into chaos. It speaks of those who will suffer for their faith, being flogged, arrested, taken away. Brother will betray brother to death and the father his child. Children will turn against their parents and send them to their death. It is heady and disturbing stuff. Disturbing not only because of its subject matter, but also because of its truth. Exactly 29 years ago today, on the 25th of April 1993... It was also a Sunday, and I was preaching on this very same gospel passage at the main choral Eucharist at Coventry Cathedral. And it proved to be an interesting time in which to be reflecting on those prophetic words from St. Mark. If any of you have memories that go back that far, it was during that same week in April 1993, that one of the major news items 
was the siege by the FBI of the Branch Davidian cult at Waco, Texas, as a result of which 76 people lost their lives. St. Mark's reference to false prophets in his ap apocalyptic passage seemed particularly cogent that week. And at the same time, the war in Bosnia was escalating and spiralling rapidly out of control. But every era, every year, every month, every week has its own share of tragedy, whether large scale or small. When St Mark warns us of battles and famines and disasters and divisions within families, we do not need to look very far to find communities torn apart by violence and feuding and unspeakable atrocities committed against the weakest and most vulnerable in our own day. Almost 30 years later, we live in a world where there is a major global pandemic. A number of countries on the brink of political and economic collapse, humanitarian crises, and the long-term consequences of climate change that are too terrible to contemplate. If the last 12 months is anything to go by, things seem to be getting worse rather than better. Christians in the modern era have sometimes been inclined to dismiss the language and imagery of apocalyptic as outmoded and irrelevant. In the wake of the past year, it has become much harder to do so. St. Mark himself tells us that such things are bound to happen. But interestingly for him, they are the birth pangs of a new era. The birth pangs of a new era. On a number of occasions, the Bible makes use of the imagery of childbirth as a metaphor for God's action breaking into the world. But it was only after the birth of my own first child that I finally began to understand and appreciate the true power and meaning of that image. I can remember my husband, who was pr present at that birth, reflecting afterwards that he had been completely unprepared for the sheer violence of labor. Childbirth is one of those experiences which manages to encompass suffering, creation, and redemption all at once. The pain is uniquely terrible. The risks are considerable because even today, things can go badly wrong. But much more remarkable and impossible to describe is the extraordinary and instantaneous transformation of all that pain and grief when suddenly there is new life. There is the overwhelming joy and wonder of new creation. A transformation that does not make the pain and suffering of labour any less grievous but which suddenly sets it in an utterly different perspective. Just as the grief and anguish and desolation of Good Friday is suddenly transformed on Easter Day by the realisation that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Redemption is always costly, but the joy of new life which is thereby ours is beyond price. A theologian from Latin America once wrote, the kingdom of God is not the natural outcome of history. Conflict and judgment intervene. All too often our instincts are to avoid conflict at any cost, or to do our best to ignore it or to play it down. Where there is disagreement and dissent, it can be so tempting to suppress it 
or to explain it away or to pretend that it is not there. And the longer we do that, the more that the pressure builds up. And the explosion, when it finally happens, which it inevitably will, is a mighty and destructive one. But the gospel charge to us is not to avoid situations of conflict or to hide from them, but rather to embrace them. Because redemption does not come through avoidance, but through engagement. We must be prepared to enter the darkness and to pass through it in order to find the light. Such things are bound to happen, but they are the birth pangs of a new era. I can remember once sharing in the celebration of a Jewish Passover at which the following extraordinary words were spoken. No liberation is easy. As evil takes its toll, so does the fight against it. As tyranny brings death and terror to its victims, so the struggle to overthrow it claims its casualties. In the upheaval, persecuted and persecutor, innocent and guilty, all will suffer. There is no redemption without pain. St. Mark's Gospel does not promise cheap grace, nor does it trivialise hope by speaking of it lightly or easily or in a manner that ignores the often grim reality of human life. Because the good news that St. Mark proclaims is proclaimed from the wilderness. The hope and assurance that he promises emerge from the darkness and grief and confusion of human existence. Sometimes from the smallest cracks and fissures, sometimes from the smallest glimpse of kindness, the smallest gesture of love and compassion and friendship. Sometimes it is there that that first glimmer of hope emerges. Therein lies the authenticity and the power of the good news of the gospel, sometimes contrary to everything that we might otherwise expect. Redemption is always costly, but the joy of the new life that is there by ours is beyond price. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. 
Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for teaching us to seek and uphold good, find radiance in the dark, even when our souls are bruised with pain and grief. Thus, for this we pray that all the wonders we have discovered during the pandemic be everlasting. We pray for the strengthening of the friendships we have formed with those to whom we were once but expressionless faces. We are thankful for the intimacies we have shared, which have helped us to see the world in different ways, to stop and listen and care. We pray that the overwhelming generosity of many towards those in need and those unjustly marginalised may not cease once when what is normal comes to be. We pray that our newfound appreciation of the natural world and its fragile health will ensure that we nourish our green realm and all creatures great and small. For amidst sorrow and alienation, we have been soothed by the rhythms of nature, birdsong, the blossom of the hawthorn, clear skies and quiet streets, treasures we overlooked and took for granted before the pandemic struck. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Lord, we pray for all those who think that no one will ever pray for them, who feel invisible. In particular, children in children's homes secure accommodation and detention, children who are neglected and abused, who suffer in silence, and children who are orphans seeking asylum. We pray that loving care may bless them while they feed the birds and hear their song. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those working in the media who determine to keep us informed about the wrong and the right and all nature of life on earth. May the conscience of the journalist survive. As we worship together at St. Bride's, we are thankful for our strong sense of community, that although we have been separated in body, we have not been separated in spirit. We are thankful that we can share our prayers with those far away and make new friends through the air. We pray for our Sunday school children, that they may enjoy a healthy and happy return to school. We pray for Alison and Jeff, our spiritual leaders, never ceasing to offer solace. Our verger Robin, our staff James and Claire and Sally, our church wardens, Lucy, Valerie, Nick and Christopher, our PCC, our PCC secretary, Peter Silver, and our choir. We thank Matthew and Bob for our online services. Dear Lord, help us continue to find good in the mire and to appreciate the joy of this discovery. Our faith in you cannot be shaken, for you have helped us find sunflowers. In the shade. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? May the God of peace sanctify you. May he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before him at the coming of our Lord Jesus with his saints. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks that your glory is revealed in Mark and all the saints. In their lives you have given us an example of faithfulness to Christ. In their holiness we find encouragement and hope. In our communion with them we share the unity of your kingdom. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this, our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. Lord God, the source of truth and love, keep us faithful to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, united in prayer and the breaking of bread, and one in joy and simplicity of heart. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
God give you grace to follow his saints in faith and hope and love, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you now and always. Amen. Go in the peace of